Support for this episode of Sage Aging comes from Polk Elder Care Guide. Designed with families in mind, Polk Elder Care Guide gives you the tools and education necessary to make quality choices about senior care and living options in Polk County, Florida. Available in both English and Spanish, you can view the guides and much more online at polkeldercare.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of Sage Aging. My guest today is Chuck Warren. Chuck is a retired social worker and an active advocate in his community and a leader for many causes, and we'll talk to him more about that in a bit. But when it comes to aging, most people think of words like frail, old, wrinkled, dependent, weak. But my goodness, that couldn't be further from the truth. Yes, it is true that as we age, we face physical and sometimes environmental challenges, but the manner in which we react to and embrace those changes can alter the way that we experience our later years. So Chuck is here today to talk to us about saging. Saging is a different, more positive approach to growing older. Now, we're going to talk about that more in just a few minutes, but if you've been listening to the show, you know that I like to start with a lightning round to have a little bit of fun with my guest and give you a chance to learn something about them. So what do you say, Chuck? Are you ready for a couple of fun questions? I'm ready, Liz. Let's go. All right. First question, coffee or tea? Well, I have to say tea, although I'm not a big fan of tea either, but I tried to learn to like coffee uh, a number of years ago, and I never could like it, so I I never drink coffee, but uh, I do drink tea once in a while. You know what? That's the same story with me. I really tried to like it, too, and just couldn't get there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Movie or live theater? Uh, Let's say live theater. Awesome. And what is your favorite season? The fall. Nice. Nice cool weather coming in. End of the summer, right? The summers are very hot here in Florida, so. Yes, that's the truth. Cooler weather, yeah. All right, and last question. Favorite place you've traveled? I would say a tie between Ireland and up in the Nova Scotia area, Labrador and Newfoundland. Very beautiful areas. Oh, wow. That sounds beautiful. Both of those are on my bucket list. Uh, They're both well worth going to. I hope you get a chance to do that soon. Awesome. Well, thank you for playing with me. I love starting that way because it kind of gives everybody a sense of who we are and put a little bit of personality into that. So thanks for playing. So let's get on to our topic, saging. In the introduction, I gave our listeners a hint of what that means. But can you take us a little deeper and also tell us how you became involved with saging? Sure. Probably my telling you a little bit about how saging started will help to explain what it is. Back in the 1980s, a rabbi, Rabbi Zalman Shachter Shalomi, is his name, he was approaching retirement age, 
And he felt like in our culture, we tend to think of people who've retired as no longer having much value to our culture. He sort of felt like they were put out to pasture and they didn't have any real um, purpose or meaning for what was going on in, in the uh, culture. So he did some research and he was still a very vital individual, and he felt that he had a lot to offer both to his community as well as to his family. And so he uh, wrote a book called From Aging to Saging, A Profound New Vision for Growing Older. In the book, he taught us that we have a lot of experiences and a lot of knowledge as we get older because we've lived a long life and that these things can be valuable. But he felt like just because you grow older doesn't necessarily mean that you're a wise person. You have to look at the things in your life that you've lived and try to try to harvest our life's wisdom. And so we have a number of exercises that we go through and we learn how to look at our life and pick out the lessons that we've learned. The purpose of it is really to help people go through their life experiences and figure out what the lessons are they've learned and how we can use those lessons to benefit our community and our, our families. Uh, so in doing that, we look at a number of things. We look at the activities we've had in our life, at the people that have meant something to us in our lives. And we look at what have those things meant to us? What have they brought to our life? How have they uh, informed us and how they molded us into who we are today? Other things that we look at is forgiveness, for example, is one of the main things we look at because oftentimes when we go through our life, we've had relationships and had experiences with people that we've had a hard time with, and maybe someone has been very unfair to us or abused us in some way. And so we carry around this baggage of, of not being able to forgive someone. And so we look at forgiveness as a gift we give to ourselves. And we look at what forgiveness is and what it's not, and we look at it as being a process. So we help people to let go of that baggage of uh, not being able to forgive someone. And we look at learning how to uh, face our mortality and how to get prepared for it, uh, both doing the paperwork, having wills and that sort of thing, as well as becoming more comfortable with, uh, with dying so we can have a serene death. We look at healing painful memories. We look at people in our lives that perhaps we looked at as someone who wasn't kind to us or someone who was difficult for us. We call those our severe teachers. And oftentimes we find out as we look back on it that uh, we've learned a lot from them and we've learned to appreciate them and the lessons that we learned from them. Saging is a way to look at our lives and learn to appreciate the good and the bad and learn who we are. And what are the lessons in our lives? And once we've done some of those things, we can begin to be more of a, of a sage, more of a person of wisdom who can be of value to our families and to our communities. So it's really more of a way of life than it is an activity. Right. It's learning to, um, well, for example, one of the things that we do is we look at what does aging mean to us? We explore our feelings about aging and what are we looking forward to? What, are we, what do we fear about aging? And we become comfortable with the losses and the things that come with aging. And then we learn how we can be a mentor to others, how we can be helpful to other people. And we learn that aging isn't just about having fun and playing golf or getting older and having aches and pains, but it's also about 
using our life of wisdom and life of experience to be a mentor to others and to be a, what we would call a sage, a wise person. Right. I first learned about it um, when I was working for Winter Haven Hospital. I was invited to a award ceremony in Winter Park, Florida. And I happened to sit at a table with a woman who was the director of a saging center. At that time, it was called the Spiritual Eldering Institute. She had a center there, and she was talking about how as people get older, they sometimes, especially when they, after they've retired, they feel that their life has no purpose or no meaning. And she explained how this program helped people to realize that they do have meaning and purpose in, the, in their life and can still have a lot of joy and, and enjoy their lives. So. It seemed like that program would be helpful to the population I was working with at the hospital. So the hospital gave me permission to get some training from them, and I eventually began doing a staging program at the hospital. And then after I retired, I, I kept doing it. And you've been doing that for quite some time now, haven't you? Uh, yes, yeah, been about 20 years. I was thinking just the other day how how wonderful it's been for me um, because I've met so many wonderful people. It seems that this program seems to draw people who are very kind and generous and open-minded, want to learn. And so we've had some great people go through here. And I've been blessed by having met them and having been able to talk with them and learn from them. I love that. And I love that by leading this group, I would guess you've had quite an impact on the lives of other people who are learning how to embrace this time of life rather than be intimidated by it. Well, I, yeah, I think we've uh, benefited from each other's experiences. Um, one of the things that we do is we have discussions about the topics uh, that have to do with aging, and we learn from each other, and we all have different ideas about it. Some of us approach things with a little bit of fear, and others approach it with courage, and we can just learn from each other's experiences. Just because we're going older doesn't mean that our experiences don't mean something still, and, and we can be beneficial to each other. I kind of think that our experiences as we get older are even more meaningful. Yeah, one of the things that we say when somebody asks how old you are, we say, I have so many years of life experience. So it's kind of a positive way of thinking about your aging. The longer you live, the more life experience you have. And so you've hopefully learned from those experiences and then therefore have more to offer to other people because of those experiences. I just love that. I love that philosophy. That is such a fit for the kind of person that I am. And it's also... Um, the longevity of, of the human race is expanding and getting longer. Um, back in the 1940s, 40 years was about the life expectancy, whereas now it's in the 70s and 80s. And so we have more years of life to live. And this has been kind of a new experience for the human race is how, to, how do you learn to live those years? What do you do in those years? Absolutely. Everybody needs purpose. I don't care how old you are. Having purpose in your life gives you something to look forward to. This is a really great spot to take a break for our Sage Ager segment. So stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. Our featured Sage Ager this week is Bob Doyle. Bob, a retired circuit court judge of 16 years, is married and a 
father of two grown children. He's also a former naval officer who served in the Vietnam War. I could talk for days about this man and the good he does for others every day. He's a true example of a sage ager. Now here's Bob with a little sage advice. My sage advice is directed primarily to high school and college students. And it's for a principle that you probably don't hear very often. And that is, do what you want to do. Now, I don't mean just do what you want to do all around, but I'm talking about a life choice on what you want to do for a living, what you want to do with your life when you are no longer in school. I taught my kids that same idea, and my son, who was an all-state soccer and baseball player, wanted to be a sports writer. And so he went to college to become a sports writer, and he now is the uh, main columnist for the Indianapolis Star. I also have a friend who wanted to be a secretary. She had the most intelligent approach to life. She was a very smart person, but she could also type a 100 words a minute. And she decided that she would rather spend her life doing the thing that she liked most, and that's being a secretary. And she did that. My wife wanted to be a musician. Uh, She most wanted to be able to learn to play the piano well. She went to college late in life, only in her 30s, when she was able to get a degree in piano performance, and she is now an accomplished pianist. For myself, I had no advice given to me as a child about what to do, and I thought what I would do is what my brothers had done is join the Army or the Navy, and that would be my career. But I had a guidance counselor who told me I should go to college and helped me get registered for college, and I went. During the course of that, someone advised me that I could make a living if I would be uh, an accountant, and so I studied accounting and did very well in accounting school, but I didn't like to do it. After a time, I decided that I would try law because I took some aptitude tests And the suggestion was I should go into something like the law or teaching. And ironically, I wound up being a law school professor uh, for a while. But I also uh, went on to be a judge. And that's only because I did what I wanted to do. And that is think about the kinds of things that trouble our world and see if I could do something uh, about those things. And it's been possible for me to uh, make a living doing what I want to do. And I think you can do that too. The reason I think that is I was born into uh, extreme poverty. We had 10 kids. We had one bedroom. The house burned when I was four and we moved into a chicken coop. Uh, We had no advantage of any kind. But I did have that guidance counselor when I was a senior in high school who convinced me I should go to college. So what I'm saying to you is that you may have disadvantages, but if you set your mind uh, on overcoming those disadvantages and on doing something that just makes you happy, make a living doing things that make you happy, maybe that's being a school teacher. 
maybe it's being a uh, nurse or a technologist somehow in the medical system, or it could be doing tech work, even really high-tech work. It's what you're able to do and what you want to do. But the main thing is to set your mind on doing something and make it something that you really want to do. It's a lot easier to work hard toward a goal if you're going to enjoy the goal once you get there. Welcome back. Let's get back to our conversation with Chuck. So one of the things that I had read about as I was researching this was wisdom circles. What is that? Well, the wisdom circle is what um, we do every week here in Winter Haven. We, a group of people get together and we have discussions about various topics that have to do with aging or, or even um, situations that are relevant to life today, things that are happening around us and how do we deal with them. So a saging, uh, a wisdom circle is just a group of people that get together who are open-minded, who agree to listen to each other with respect. And when we say something, when we talk about our views, we don't try to convince people that we're right and they're wrong. It's just a group of people who want to talk to each other and learn from each other. So are these wisdom circles and groups like yours, those can be found all over the place? Well, we have a, an organization called Saging International. They have a website, which is just saging at saging with a dash, S-A-G-E-I-N-G.org. They sort of provide some resources and some ideas for forming a wisdom circle. So there are wisdom circles all over the country. In fact, uh, in other countries as well, in Canada and Australia and, and in Europe. So the Saging International website and program helps provide resources, and they have some uh, workbooks and manuals to help you learn how to form a wisdom circle, and they'll provide some guidance for doing that. They also have an annual conference, and they have uh, some training programs to teach someone how to lead a wisdom circle if they wanted to. So we encourage people to start wisdom circles uh, wherever they are. There's not one near you. Someone can certainly start one and bring together like-minded people who want to have these kinds of discussions. And just for the benefit of our listeners, I will be sure to put those links that we're talking about to the website for Saging International and any other resource that we might mention as we go. Those links will be listed in the show notes for you for easy access. Great. Thank you for doing that. Of course. That's what this is all about. This is all about getting good information out to people so that they can live their best life. If you want to include my email in that, you're welcome to do that. and I'll be glad to. I will definitely do that. So if you're interested in starting a wisdom circle, Chuck has very generously offered to assist in that process in the Central Florida region. So we will put Chuck's contact email in the show notes as well. And if you have interest in that, be sure to follow up with him directly. To close us out, I have a question. This is kind of a little bit of a deep question, so it might take a moment of thought. But would you give us some sage advice about living your best life? I know I put you on the spot. We can word it another way and say, if someone is standing there and trying to figure out how 
do I approach the later years of my life? Maybe they're feeling intimidated. Maybe they're feeling unsure. What words would you have for them to help them to get to a place where they are embracing and loving every moment that they have? That's a good question. And I guess a lot of it would depend on what the person was thinking and feeling. So one thing I guess I would say is to do a, have a journal and write down things like, okay, I'm growing older, so what am I worried about? What concerns me? What are the good things about growing older? What do I fear? Then looking at what you fear, if it's things like loss or how am I going to live my final years, that kind of thing. Look also at the advantages of growing older. You know, one of the things that we can do is we can make our own decisions about how we live our life. You know, when you don't have to go to work, then you can decide what you want to do with your day. You're not having to go to work. Find something that is meaningful to you. And I would say, for me, a lot of times, it's doing things for other people. Uh, That gives me purpose and it gives me meaning in my life. So how can I use my experience to help someone else? What are things in my life to me that are valuable? Sometimes it's just making a friend. Sometimes it's just learning that someone down the street from you is lonely and maybe stopping by and saying hello to them and having a conversation with them. That's one of the things that that I find that now I can do freely without having to um, worry about my time so much because I have a lot of time that I can use how, however I want to. So. That's a wonderful thing. I, I'm always encouraging people to check on your neighbors. So, of course, in this day and time, you have to be careful with the virus and everything. But, you know, you can still do it with a phone call or you can do it by waving to them from the street. Or we have email, we have FaceTime, we have all these different ways of connecting with people these days. Even though we can't go up and give them a hug, we can still connect with them. Let them know we're thinking about them, we care about them. Absolutely. That is great advice. Well, Chuck, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a wonderful discussion. I think with all of the craziness happening in our world right now, we needed a moment to step back and take a breath and think about approaching our life from a positive direction. And I think you've helped us to do that. So thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Liz. Thank you for having me. And I really appreciate what you're doing. Thank you for your Sage Aging program. If you liked this episode of Sage Aging, we'd love it if you would head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram and check back next week for a new episode of Sage Aging.